In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, today is the fourth Sunday of the Coptic month, Tours, which actually is the first month in the Coptic year. And as we know, every month in the Coptic year has a certain theme regarding the readings of Sunday. The theme of the first Sunday, sorry, first month of the Coptic year, Tut, is love of God the Father. Love of God the Father. And because he loved us, he had a council, economy, to save us when we disobeyed him and we fell from eternal life. So he had a counsel to save us. Some people accepted the counsel of God and repented and walked according to his economy. Some people rejected the counsel of love toward us, his economy, his plan to save us. So the first Sunday, of the Coptic month Tut, spoke about how some people accepted the counsel of God and were baptized by the baptism of John the Baptist, the baptism of repentance. And some people, like the scribes and the Pharisees, actually rejected the counsel of God regarding themselves. Then, because of his love, did not only plan uh, a way to save us, but he revealed himself to us. And the word reveal means we are brought to his knowledge. Knowledge, not intellectual knowledge, but experiential knowledge. And this through the union and the oneness with God, we become one with him. And he adopted us as his children. But not everyone actually got this revelation. Those who accepted the counsel of God toward themselves, they were able actually to receive this revelation. This experiential knowledge of God, this unity and oneness of God, and this was the gospel of the second Sunday when the Lord Jesus Christ uh, prayed to the Father and said, I thank you, Father, because you have revealed this, these things to the babes and infants, means the humble, and you have hidden them from the proud and arrogant. For this is the will of the Father. So first Sunday regarding the economy of God toward us, second Sunday the revelation of God. Last Sunday, which is the third Sunday, maybe some people when they hear the economy of God and the revelation of God, we say, but we are sinners. We will have no place. God actually doesn't like me. God doesn't love me because I'm struggling with my sins. 
So the church last Sunday and today gave us two examples of sinners and how the Lord Jesus Christ dealt with them. Last Sunday, the example of Zacchaeus, who was greedy, a lover of man, prideful, but when his desires start to move just to see Jesus, nothing more. All what he wanted just to see him. The Lord, as usual, gave him more than what he asks or what he understands. He told him, today I will stay at your house. And he blessed Zacchaeus and all his family and said, salvation today happened to this house since he is the son of Abraham. Although people criticized the Lord Jesus Christ, and said he went to stay at the house of a sinner. But the Lord did not care about this criticism because as he said, I did not come to call righteous to repentance, but sinners. The whole do not need a physician, but the sinners. And today another example, who was a guest at one of the Pharisee, Simon the Pharisee. And there was a sinner, sinful woman, in the city and her reputation was known everyone knows that she is a sinful woman she came to the house and she expressed her repentance to the Lord she was criticized by Simon in his mind and I'm sure the rest of the guests criticized her more but here the Lord Jesus Christ showed this woman forgiveness, love, acceptance, and her life changed completely. So the message here, God did not come to call righteous, but to call sinners. If I feel in myself that I am a sinner, God actually was born and became man for me, to save me. Don't let despair, don't let Satan convince you that you are not called. You are not one of the elected. You are not one of the chosen. God came to save the sinners. If we focus on this woman, how she or how her repentance was manifested, we will find she did three things. Number one, uh, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. What are these three things? Number one, love. The kissing of his feet and pouring a very costly fragrant oil, that's expression of love. Number two, sorrow. She stood uh, behind him and she was ashamed from her sins and she was weeping 
and crying with tears coming from her eyes. And these tears actually, she used them to wash the feet of the Lord. So the amount of tears was huge, magnificent. This reflects the depth of her sorrow. And the third thing, she actually, the works of repentance. She brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and poured on the Lord, uh, anointed him with the fragrant oil. And these three elements are very important in our repentance. Love, sorrow, works of repentance. So let me speak a little bit about each element. Love. When we reflect on the acceptance of God toward us, this actually moves the heart with love. Usually people, they reject the sinners. For example, if we hear about a person uh, who is difficult, living ungodly life, living in sexual immorality, the first thing actually comes to our mind to judge him, to criticize him, and how to avoid him. Usually, sinners, especially when their sins are clear, not hidden, people tend to reject them. Very rare to find acceptance, like this woman. So while everyone rejecting the sinners, she heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, how he loved the sinners, how when Matthew made a banquet and invited the sinners with him, the tax collectors and the sinners, the Lord actually met with them. And this acceptance actually helped them to repent. There is difference between accepting the person and accepting his deeds. Definitely the Lord did not accept their deeds, but he accepted the person. As you know, a person who is sick with serious illness, we hate the illness, we hate the disease, but we love the person. So the Lord actually showed acceptance. When she heard about this acceptance, she was actually encouraged to go to the house of Simon, although she knew she would be criticized rejected. People will look down on her, but she didn't care. She came focusing only on the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we say we don't like to come to the church. Why? Because the church, the people in the church are judgmental. When I come, everybody looks at me. Everybody criticizes me. You are here because of Christ. Focus on Christ, not on anybody else. You are here to meet the true physician for our souls and bodies, the healer of our souls. Also, his forgiveness. This woman did not ask the Lord to forgive her. 
But the Lord offered forgiveness. And many, many times when we read the stories in the scripture, the Lord offered forgiveness even without the person asking him. Like the paralytic man who brought him from the roof to the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not ask for forgiveness. He came to ask actually healing for his body. But the Lord told him, your sins are forgiven you. Many times actually, when we sin against one another, we ask for forgiveness, we plead for forgiveness, and we did not get it. But the Lord, on the other hand, offer forgiveness even without us asking him. The Lord on the cross even forgives those who crucified him. He said, Father, forgive them. Can you tell me greater love than this? There is no greater love than this to offer forgiveness even without being asked. And actually when the Lord offers forgiveness, he loses all the bonds of sins. And sin has no power over us. So this woman, when she heard how the Lord offers forgiveness to the sinners, even without them asking him to be forgiven, the Lord, she was also motivated to go to receive this forgiveness. And she loved him. She loved the Lord because of his acceptance, because of his forgiveness. Also, she loved him because of his endurance and his patience. Uh, in his teaching, the Lord taught us to be patient and to love the sinners and to endure them and to bear their weaknesses. She heard in the Sermon of the, on, the, on the Mountain, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So, how many times, Peter one time asked the Lord, how many times my brother sins against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, the Lord told him, seven multiplied by seventy. So, this woman started to think, this means even out of weakness, if I fall in my sin several times and I come to the Lord, He will forgive me? Definitely He will forgive me. See, maybe there are some sins from our childhood who are committing this sin over and over and over. And we come and we repent and we confess our sins and they are forgiven and then we fall again. And until now, God is still forgiving us. His endurance, his patience with the sinners, his love, this actually unbelievable. Maybe if we give somebody five, six, seven chances, we say it's enough. I cannot give him any more chances. But the Lord here give us unlimited chances. And as long as we have breath in our life, he is patient with us. And he is giving us a chance to, repair, to repent and return to him. At that time, this woman did not hear about the crucifixion because the Lord was not crucified. 
But for us, if we add to these reasons, his acceptance, his forgiveness, his endurance, if we add to all of this, what he himself endured in order to forgive our sins. He shed his blood on the cross. He emptied himself and he became man, took a form of a servant. He endured his life, he has no place to lay his head. He was uh, humiliated by the chief priests and by the scribes and Pharisees. But in spite of all of this, there was a joy in front of his eyes to save us, as St. Peter Paul said in his letter to Hebrew. Because of this joy, he obeyed unto death the death of the cross in order to forgive our sins. He paid a very, very high price, his life. The immortal tasted death. God, who is immortal, tasted death in our, in, uh, for our salvation. So, in order to have this love in our heart toward God, we need to reflect on all what he did for us. His acceptance, his forgiveness, his patience with us, the cost that he paid on the cross in order to save us. But the Lord said to Simon a very important principle. He said to Simeon, Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. What does this mean? If you believe you are righteous, then you don't feel that even you don't need forgiveness. That's why you will not have love toward God. When actually I will have this love in my heart toward God, if I believe that my sins are many. But those who are blind to their sins, and they feel they are righteous, then they don't feel that Yes, God forgives the sinner, but not me, because I'm righteous. I don't need his forgiveness in my life. That's why examining myself and understanding the magnitude of my sin, and I am under the sentence of death, this also will help me to be able to love God for his love toward me. Uh, the second element is the sorrow and the sorrow was expressed in her tears there are two types of sorrow godly sorrow and the sorrow of the world the godly sorrow as we read in uh, 2nd Corinthians chapter 7 initiated by the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit actually uh, when he convicts me he actually initiated this sorrow in my heart. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, but the sorrow of the world leads to death. Godly sorrow like the sorrow of Peter when he wept bitterly and he repented. 
the sorrow of the world like Judas and he went and killed himself. Godly sorrow gives humbleness. That's why this woman came from behind him. She felt unworthy to face him eye to eye. That's why she came from behind him. Godly sorrow moves the heart to repent. So these tears were tears of repentance. Godly sorrow usually comes with great hope and confidence in the acceptance of God. Peter, his sorrow was godly, so he was sure that Christ will accept him. But Judas, his sorrow was sorrow of the world. That's why he went and killed himself. If you are sorrowful because of your sins, but you don't have hope, you are falling in despair, be careful. This sorrow is not from the Holy Spirit. This sorrow is the sorrow of the world, which leads to death. That's why, unfortunately, we hear some people, uh, when they feel that their life is full of problems and there is no solution, they commit suicide. This sorrow is not the sorrow of, of the world of God. This sorrow is the sorrow of the world. But the sorrow of God actually usually have confidence, hope in God's forgiveness. In order actually to develop this sorrow, we need to ask God to move our hearts with this sorrow. As we read in the Old Testament, lead me to repentance, O Lord, and I will repent. And also, the fear of God and thinking about the second coming and the judgment of the world. When we think about the judgment and we stand before God and we give an account for our uh, sins, if we don't repent, this also moves the heart with sorrow. Like a person who is indifferent, uh, a student who is indifferent to the final exams, he will not be motivated to study. But a person who actually thinking about the finals and how important to be ready and to be prepared, then actually he will be able to study well for his exams. The third element, which is the works of repentance. As St. John the Baptist said, do works befitting of repentance. Repentance is not just a word, I repent. Repentance should be manifested in works. Zacchaeus, when he repented, he said, half of my goods to the poor. And if I was unfair to anybody, I will restore four folds. This woman brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and poured it on the feet of the Lord. So, if if we did something wrong, we need to correct it. Also, we need to do good works. Works, actually, are the fruit of repentance. If my repentance is serious, then definitely there are works of repentance.
beside the works that reflect my gratefulness to the Lord when we come to worship Him in the church, our prayer, studying the scripture, all these works that actually confirm our relationship with the Lord. So, in the example of this woman, we see these three things. Love, godly sorrow, and works of repentance. And the church, the message today, God came to save the sinners. God loves the sinners. But because of his love, he doesn't want us to continue in our sinful life. But he wants us to repent and to walk with him in the way of righteousness. So let us take the opportunity today and ask God to help us to repent, to pour his love in our heart, to move our heart with the godly sorrow, and to help us to do the works of repentance. So we can say, we can hear with this woman the words of the Lord, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.